You are listening to The Bible Breakthrough with Pastor David Engman and Scott Brecky. In this study, we will break down the Bible from B.C. to A.D. chronologically while offering historical context and real-life application for today. This series is brought to you by the Breakthrough Media Network. Hi, my name is Pastor Dave Engman, and this is my co-host, Scott Brecky. And today, we are joined by special guest, Siobhan Rodinger. Siobhan is uh, the senior editor of the Bible Breakthrough. Thank you for joining us, Siobhan. Thank you. We want to welcome you, our listening audience, uh, to the Bible Breakthrough, and thank you for joining us today. Ultimately, our goal is to lead you into a deeper, more intimate relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And this is our bonus video to episode six. Here we are going to discuss various topics that come up as a result of the scripture that we just covered in this episode. Also, again, the show notes will be linked in the description of this production. And this is actually the bonus video to episode seven. So in the episode, we read Genesis 6, 1 through 22, and we learned about a world gone wrong and the consequences of such actions in resulting in the great flood. <clears throat> um, before we... <laughs> well, before we, we open the Bible and do any reading or discussion, <laughs> let's pray. How's that sound? All right, let's do it. <laughs> again. All right. Stay with me, Scott. All right, Lord, uh, again, our goal, like Dave just said, is to ultimately lead people in a closer relationship to the Lord. So, Father, as our discussion begins, Lord. That's what we want to do. Bring people closer to you, Father. So just bless this time in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Okay. What uh, I think we should just roll into right off the bat is this. Um, We are here to have fun. And this is a bonus video. So there's, it's kind of um, unplugged, um, generally not scripted in any way. We just want to dive deeper into what we just covered in the episode video mm-hmm. and just camp out on a few things, kind of take things a little bit deeper. So um, what I'd like to do is start out just kind of, I'm going to start out by just reviewing the facts that we discussed, and I'll just briefly run through those. Um, and I think they're important. Uh, if I can find them, there they are. All right. So uh, as we discussed in the episode video, um, what we're looking at here is uh, a point in history uh, where Earth is no longer this perfect paradise that God initially had intended. And the fact that that broke his heart. So this is uh, really a record um, of why the destruction of this old world um, was necessary. It's here in this 6, 1 through 22, this particular piece of scripture where we can see just how quickly um, all of humanity really forgot about God. Uh, From Adam, then to Seth, and then you get all the way to to Noah, and we discover as we read that there was nobody except one man that even remembered God. We see uh, how much God hates sin and judges those who enjoy it. We see how serious the consequences of sin are. We see how God protects those who uh, are faithful and obedient. And then we also learn, because of Noah's character, how God gave 
that one man special favor. He gave him special favor. He communicated, he, he talked with him, he revealed his purpose to him. Uh, he provided specific direction about how to build the ark, for example. And we realize here that the part of the reason for that was to protect him. Uh, it was for his own safety. We see here that God brought the animals to the ark. Noah didn't have to go out and round them up. Um, and he did that for their preservation as well as Noah and his family. These are the facts, man. <laughs> the facts. Just the facts. Just the just facts. The facts. Just the facts. So what I'd like to do is just kind of open this up to the discussion, uh, just for discussion. And uh, here's, the, here's the thing. What, what is it that we want to dive into a little bit deeper? I'll start. Perfect. <laughs> who are the sons of God and who are the, um, the women of men? What, why is it significant that it's laying out sons of God and the uh, women of men? All right, well, let's remember I'm not the uh, answer man here. Um, I have my thoughts on this. Um, I'm, I'm certainly willing to give those to you to start with, and mm -hmm. we can kind of go from there. You can feel free to jump in, Siobhan, anytime you want. Well, um, it is a good question because the sons of God, you would think, are still men that have a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. But... It said that Noah, the Bible says Noah was the only one found righteous. Hmm. So, to me, that would mean Noah would be the son of God, or one of them. One of them. Yeah. Okay. But how would the rest of them be if God saw that everyone else was wicked? a son of God wouldn't be wicked. Mm -hmm. So that's a good question. I, I, it's a stumper to me. Yeah, well, okay, so just to dive into that, look, if we go back in, in, the, in the record, the genealogy record, for example, we see you know, Adam um, as being the first one in that record, right? He's the first man yeah. made. The second name in that record was not Abel. It was not Cain, but it was Seth. Right. And, you know, he was the third one born. Now, Abel had been killed, obviously, by Cain. And when Seth then comes on the scene, Cain is not uh, a part of the holy seed line that would lead to Christ. He committed murder. Correct. And God said, look, there's a consequence here. And... Um, so obviously, Cain was very worried about the fact that the, the, the burden of his sin was too heavy for him to handle, and he thought people were going to murder him. And God said, no, I'll put a mark on you, okay? Anybody that kills you will die the same way, essentially. But it was almost at that very moment you see this, this split. Division. In, right? Yep. There's this, this um, you come, it, it's there that there's a fork that's in the road. And the holy seat goes down the fork in the road towards Seth, not toward King. I said that, all of that, to say this, that um, throughout these generations, there were clearly in the beginning, there were people that were um, listed in the genealogy record who would have been sons of God 
And everybody lived for such a long time right. that they were probably, some of them were still alive. Very, what very, very much could be. And we know that throughout them, I mean, Enoch, for example, was the only one that was, that never died. God took him. Yeah. Right? Which is interesting. We talked about that in previous episodes, why that might have occurred. And so, but but here's the thing, the holy seed would have had to have transferred from generation to generation. And the names in the genealogy list would have been the ones carrying the holy seed that would eventually lead to Jesus. We know it started with Adam, went to Seth, and then blah, blah, blah. And then we get to Noah. Noah's kind of considered the second man. Uh, yeah, the second man. And, or I'm sorry, the second Adam. Adam was the first Adam. Noah was kind of considered that second Adam because he it was from him that, yeah. you know, that humanity came. Mm -hmm. Initially, it was from Adam that humanity flowed. Now it's Noah. And then, you know, from, from, from uh, Noah, then you go, you know, eventually you'll get to Abraham from, you know, that holy seed keeps going generation, generation, Abraham. And then from there you get the Jacob and the 12 tribes and, the, you know, and then finally you get to Jesus. And then folks, eventually it gets to you, man of God. Yeah. woman of God, right? Yeah. Eventually it comes to you. Um, but to go back on that, just because, you know, the reality is this, there are people, uh, every human being has uh, the knowledge of God written within their heart, written on their heart. You either believe, either, you're either acknowledging the truth about that or you're rejecting it as truth. You're rejecting it. You believe in a lie. And so, at every stage of history, you would have had people um, who were not believers, who were simply rejecting. And in this illustration, you have the sons of God having sexual intercourse with the daughters of men. And in my estimation, it would mean unbelievers. This would be that where we talked in the episode about this idea. And, and look, um, I could be wrong. I'm just... This is where the scriptures led me. But we know later on the importance of being equally yoked mm -hmm. and the devastation that being married to somebody that doesn't believe in God usually leads to that person falling away from the faith mm -hmm. almost, almost every time, not the other way around. And so these um, men, these sons of God having sex, and maybe, I don't know whether it doesn't say it, they married them or anything, but they're having kids. And they also happen to be a breed of humans that were big. Yeah. You know, the Nephilites. Yeah. They're just large humans. And it doesn't say in my Bible, but there's been a lot of speculation about this. Well, were these just like fallen angels that were having sex with, you know, the daughters of men? And I'm, look, maybe. I just don't see it yet. I, yeah. At this stage in the scripture, I don't see it. And I've been through the scriptures, and I, I don't know if I believe that to be the case. Right. Mm -hmm. You asked. That was my long-winded answer, but <laughs> we, you got know, there. I, we got there. I hope, yeah. at least from my perspective. You know, you started. You got anything else? Um. Well, or do you feel free? Uh, let me let me jump into something different. So. When, when it, it goes into verse 5, 6, 7, it says that 
the Lord was sorry he had ever made them and then put them on the earth. It broke his heart. And it's like, I see this kind of this, you know, it says later on in um, seven, again, I am sorry I ever made them. Why, like, why would God, like knowing everything, why would he, why would that, why would he create the human race? knowing that this was just all going to happen, wipe everybody out, and then only save one person. Isn't, would you consider that maybe a little bit brutal, or was God like regretting in creating a humanity? So my other question would be is, you know, was it a mistake to even start to begin to create all these humans before knowing that he was just going to wipe everybody out? So does God make mistakes? Is that, that's my question. Does God make mistakes? No, you're shaking your head. I, no, I don't believe he does. Okay, why? <laughs> That's I don't know. I, I don't. I I think he's perfect. Yeah. And if something is perfect, there are no mistakes. Yeah. Uh, I also believe that because he gave us free will, mm-hmm. he believed in the human race. Right. He wanted the best for humanity. He is hope. Yeah. Yeah. And you hit it right on the head, you know, from my perspective. I mean, um, God's desire was that, you know, man would choose him. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't want robots. You know, I mean, we could create something that will do everything we tell it to do, but there's no relationship there. There's, it's just a subordinate relationship, right? And God wanted, you know, he wanted man to choose him. And free will was, uh, free will was the risk he was willing to take in order to achieve that. Now, fast forward all the way to today and look at how many believers there are. In the end, that that love and that hope wins. Amen. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. it wins out, and you know, there's always going to be people that are going to reject God. I mean, we know that, but we also know that God said that it's His desire that all would come to know Him and repent, and 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 that's His desire. But in that, it also infers that that isn't the reality. He also knows and we can see that it isn't going to be the case for everyone you know yeah and, and i'll just piggyback on that i think that it wasn't that he was regretting it he was just seeing look at the the actions that they've decided to do they have abandoned me forgot about me we talked about that in the episode and look at all the wickedness and the violence and all the things they've done and it was his plan to to do it this way and seeing that there's only one guy you had mentioned there's only one guy it doesn't even say that his family or his sons or um, you know his wife was righteous it was that Noah himself was righteous mm-hmm. so and it just you know foreshadows knowing the rest of the Bible it foreshadows knowing that there's one righteous in Christ right. alone that there's only one person you can get to the Father through, and that's through Jesus Christ. That's right. So, yeah. No, that was good. That was good answers. I like those. 
All right, so I got a question. Um, how do we know if, like in Noah's case, he was he was considered righteous and he walked with God and God gave him favor. Um, how do we know if our actions are pleasing to God? Well, personally, um, call me crazy, <laughs> but God speaks to me and he lets me know if I'm doing a good job or if I need to take a different path. And I need to practice daily, sometimes hourly, listening to God and listening to his direction. Mm -hmm. Because um, with my free will, I feel it's the best gift that God has ever given someone is free will. I have the ability to choose. And why wouldn't I honor God by choosing him and being obedient to him? And when I am obedient, he's, attaboy, Siobhan, you know, good job, well done. When I'm, when I'm not walking on the right path, if I'm straying from obedience, and I might not know it because Satan is really clever and, you know, we, we can all be deceived. But he lets me know that too. And he, he, puts, he picks me up and puts me right back on the right path. And he's faithful at doing that. Yeah. But we, I, I believe he's faithful at doing that with all of us. We just have to be open to listening to him, walking with him. Like you said, Noah walked with, with God. And um, just being obedient and submitting and just giving him my all. Yeah, yeah so um, you mentioned that God talks to you. Yes. Can you um, ex expand on that or expound on that? Like, how do you hear God when he talks to you? What does that sound like? Um, a lot of times it's a conviction in my heart. Um, but he has uh, because I sometimes I've questioned, is that what you really want me to do? Quit my job? <laughs> And he's, yes, you need to leave now. Well, what does now mean? And I would have conversations with Jim, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, so, for example, I went back to work one day, and it was horrible. And God was literally shouting in my ear, get up and leave now. Mm. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's, it was different than the conviction in my heart. Um, it wasn't necessarily an audible voice, like I can hear the two of you or hear myself speaking, but it, it was a shout in my ear rather than a conviction in my heart. Mm, that's good. And to me, I would say that, you know, that's close fellowship 
you know, and that's how we hear him. Yeah. It's it's through our intentional actions, if you will, in drawing in, drawing close to him. He's here. He's constantly beckoning us. But through the close fellowship. Now, that's one of the things Noah had. Close fellowship with God. He walked in close fellowship with God. You know, it doesn't necessarily say here that Noah was hearing the audible voice of God. I mean, it doesn't say that. Um, when people say, oh, God said, or God told me this, or, you know, there's people that, that, like, that gets their attention, and they're like, oh, here we go. God said, right? And then they feel like they got carte blanche to do whatever because God said they could do it. Um, I think we know this, uh, the spirit when that word is delivered. In the spirit it's delivered in, whether or not the person that's revealing the fact that God said this or God said that really was from God or not. When it's about you, if it's a selfish um, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. where do we spend our time in that Christ-centered chair or in that self-centered chair? And and so I want and desire to be in that self, uh, that Christ-centered chair as much as possible. Yeah. But the reality is, is it's so easy to fall into my self-centered chair. And then if I were to start saying this about God said, God said this, God said that, I think people would question that, you know. But when we're really in the Christ-centered chair, there isn't much of a doubt, especially with other believers. Right. Would you agree? I agree. So Noah was a righteous man. Uh, what makes somebody righteous? Scott. <laughs> well, um, righteous. What do you know about that? Well, I know about Jesus. He's the only one that makes us righteous. Mm -hmm. um, through our belief in him, says that we are made we are made righteous in the eyes of God through our belief in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So there's only one way to be righteous through him. Now you had talked about this, but there was no Jesus yet in the time of Noah. So how was he made righteous? I just think it's in 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 his obedience to what he heard the Lord tell him. Mm -hmm. So you heard the Lord tell him that, look, all the all the earth is corrupt, it's and it's filled with violence. Go and make this ark because there's going to be a flood that's coming. Mm. And he goes and builds this huge boat, and all that's saved. So, um, so his obedience to the Lord, I think, is what made. I don't know. Is that right? Obedience to the Lord is what made him righteous. What do you think? Think that's what, I, think that's I, right. I think the purity of his heart as well, his intentions. Sure. We're all godly. He right. wanted a relationship mm -hmm. with God. He he wanted to obey God. He listened to God. He That's listened true. for God. Yep. And his heart was pure for that. Yep. Right. And, and, you know, he was clearly not perfect. He sinned. All men sinned. All men sinned. And yet God can also counted him as righteous and blameless because of the sincerity of his heart. I think yep. that's the part. Now, I'm yep. going to read the uh, footnote here in my Bible uh, regarding Genesis 6-9, which is the verse I've been talking about. Uh, saying that Noah was righteous and blameless does not mean that he never sinned. The Bible records 
one of his sins in, in Genesis 9.20. Rather, it means that Noah wholeheartedly loved and obeyed God. For a lifetime, he walked step by step in faith as a living example to his generation. Like Noah, we live in a world filled with evil. Are we influencing others or being influenced by them? That's a, that's a setup right there, you know? Yeah. Now, I mean, I want to be holy. I want to be righteous, which can also mean I want to do the right things. Yeah. As opposed to the wrong things. Mm -hmm. I want to hear God tell me when I shouldn't do that and then don't do that. Right. I want to do that. That to me, and I don't want to be blameless that way. But we fall down and stumble. And thank God for, you know, Great. thank God for Romans 8 1. There is no condemnation uh, mm -hmm. to those who are in Christ Jesus, called according mm -hmm. to their faith. I mean, we are not condemned. But, um, you know, this is who this man was at a time when there was no other influence, no other godly influence. Mm -hmm. He was it. Noah was it. God's like, all right, build an ark. A wood, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> what for? What's going to rain? It's rain. Well, that's right. It's never rained on earth. Uh, rain's coming. It's coming from the sky. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. and the people around him at that time had to, and you know, we, as we get into the word, we'll, we'll clearly see that, you know, that there was plenty of persecution that came against Noah, uh, ridicule. How do you feel when people are mocking you, when they're making fun of you, when they're, they're clearly not going to help you either? I mean, he clearly didn't get, you know, it's not like everybody over there was like, hey, come on over here. we got a big project we're going to work on today. It's going to take us 100 years or more, but we'll get there. Yeah. You know, it was Noah, you know, preaching through his actions, mm -hmm. you know. That's a living. lot of peer pressure. Right? That's a lot of peer pressure. Exactly. But he was, he was rewarded. Yeah. For his faithfulness, you know. Yeah. Amen. So I wanted to bring up um, God's clear instruction of what to do and how to do it. So in verse 14, it says, build a large boat. And he doesn't just stop, right? He doesn't just say, hey, go build a large boat. Mm -hmm. This is a, and I love God's um, detail. <clears throat> go build a, uh, build a large boat from the exact kind of wood, right? So you have what he's going to build, what he's going to build it with wood. And you're also going to waterproof it with tar inside and out. And then you're going to make decks and stalls throughout the interior. You're going to make it this long, 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high, and then you're going to leave an 18 inch opening below the, the roof all the way around the boat. And then you're going to put a door on the side and you're going to build three decks, middle, lower, and upper. So it's not like he's just like, yeah, here, here's the idea. Go build a boat. He gives, he gives no exact detail and direction of how to do it. And I love that that we can apply that to our life as the Lord is going to give us something like this and then he's going to give us exactly what to do and how to do it. Mm. And it, obviously it comes out with stepping out in faith because there now you got to go get 
What are you going to do? Well, oh, okay. God told me, oh, that's right. I go, go, go to, I got to go get the cypress wood now. Right. right. I got to go get the tar, make the tar and spread it out and make these levels and make the door door and, and all these different things. Can you, so can you guys think of a time where a testimony where God had led you to do a specific thing and yeah. then like it, 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 he gave you something to do and then it like all of a sudden all these steps fell into place and you're like, wow, that was awesome. And then at, at the end, you're like, Look at this amazing thing that God did. Yes. Does anybody have something that totally. stands out? Totally, yes. You're, okay, go, go for it, Siobhan. one of the coolest things I think that um, has ever happened with me in my communication with God. Mm. So let's jump back to March, April of 2020. So we had been getting all these provisions of food, but didn't know why. And I remember saying to Pastor Dave, we're going to need it for something big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the, um, and so when the COVID-19 hit and we started getting contracts and feeding thousands of people a day, yeah. um, at in the beginning, Pastor Dave had put Jim and myself in charge of the menu. Here's the food that we have in stock. What can we make out of this? Do you remember? Yeah. Okay. So I would pray about it. We had this big recipe box and I went through the recipe box and it was wonderful. But we had this palette of brats. And I'm like, Lord, we can't really grill you know, if each person eats two brats, 2,000 brats in a day, <laughs> what are we going to do with these brats? And he said, you're going to maple glaze them and serve them with French toast. And we had, <laughs> we had um, shelves of bread and we had boxes and boxes of liquid eggs. I'm like, that's genius. Never thought about it. How do you maple glaze a brat? And he's like, you cut it slanted, put a little bit of butter in the frying pan, start browning it, and when it starts getting a, a nice brown edge to it, pour in some maple syrup, mm. and it will caramelize the meat. That sounds delicious, and I don't even like brats. <laughs> so I take it back to the team. I said, this is what God told me. And they were just like, yeah, we're going to add vanilla to the eggs in the French toast, so it's cinnamon and vanilla. Oh, wow. And then we, God is perfect. We didn't have to add butter into the clamshell mm. or syrup. There was enough there that we laid out the French toast in the clamshell and poured the brats and syrup over the French toast and people kept coming back for seconds. We mm. ran out. Mm. Wow. It was so awesome to watch that. And in such volume. Yeah. You know? No. That was incredible. Six seven six or seven thousand meals a day for about two or three months. Yeah. Of food that we did that my answer to your question in that regard is breakthrough. This whole thing is my Noah. My Noah's Ark, right? This is yeah. my Ark, right? I mean, you know, it's, and so I've been, um, and you know what? I, I've experienced, I think, 
probably a lot of the same things maybe Noah did, right? Lord, you told me Cypresswood, we don't have any. Was it Cypresswood? Yeah. We don't have any Cypresswood. Plant those seeds over there. What? Yeah, it's going to take about 60 years, but I'm telling you, you're going to have plenty of cypress wood. Yeah. 60 years or, you know, I don't yeah. know if that's no. the deal, but you know what I mean? I can, I can, I can relate to, you know, some of the things that must have been frustrating, I guess, at certain times with, for Noah, but, you know, just try to have faith and, and listen and keep doing obediently what God's telling us to do. Mm-hmm. That's my answer. Yeah. I think, I think that's a really good, um, comparison to Pastor Dave, because um, hearing your testimony before, um, you know, you said you had no heart for homeless, but God put that desire and passion in your heart. Mm -hmm. And you listened to that and you were obedient to that. And look what has become because of that obedience. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And he brings the people to you. Yeah. You don't always have to go out on the street and get them. That's funny. That's true. I didn't think about it like that. Because when we started, we would go out. But then then he showed us something, and they would come to us. And since then, that was early on. Since then, you know, we make food, and people come and eat it. And we get to sit down and build relationships. Yes. Just kind of like Jesus did, you know. I like that. That's a great illustration. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? How do you answer your own question? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I mean, man, I could go on with I feel like I could tell like 18 stories right now, but one one that just stands out is throughout my testimony. You know, I, I feel like um, when I first came onto the ministry, I started to really hear, um, I started to hear God's voice. And it was like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> you know, like, wait, wait. And then you go out and things happen and it just builds your faith. And you're like, oh my gosh, that was God. And then and then it's like what the Bible says is testing the spirit and seeing if if what you're actually hearing is, is from the Lord or something else. So it's that process too of hearing him and then, and then making mistakes, sure. But like any good father, he's going to correct you and discipline. Sometimes that stinks, sure. But ultimately he knows better than I do. So um, just, you know, transitioning from, you know, my previous work and then into the ministry was just a, a blessing for me mm-hmm. to to hear and see, like I said, there's an hour long story behind that, but getting to the point of coming into the ministry um, had a lot of different details that mm-hmm. set me up to where, where I am. And it's all um, glory back to him. I mean, Amen. sure, I heard and I listened, but it, that, that none of that would have happened if he hadn't told me what to do. That's right. So I love that. I love that. Yeah, he does that. I, I'd like to just kind of wrap up our, our session here with this. I'm just going to read this about Noah. So the story of Noah's life involves not one, but two great tragic floods. The world in Noah's day was flooded with evil. The number of those who remembered the God of creation, perfection, and love had dwindled to one. Only Noah still worshipped God. God's response to the severe situation was a 120-year-long last chance, during which he had Noah build a graphic illustration of the message of his life. 
Nothing like a huge boat on dry land to make a point. For Noah, obedience meant a long-term commitment to a project. Many of us have trouble sticking to any project, whether or not it's directed by God. It's interesting that the length of Noah's obedience was greater than the lifespan of people today. The only comparable long-term project is our very life. But perhaps this is one great challenge Noah's life gives us, to live in acceptance of God's grace an entire lifetime of obedience and gratitude. So, I thought that was a, a, a neat little wrap-up. Yeah, that's profound. Yeah. All so, right. So, yeah. One, one, one last thing is, you know, we've talked about being saved. We've talked about righteous Noah and the wickedness and stuff. So, how would one person who's saying, okay, I get that. I want, I want to be saved. I want to get him. I want to be the, like that. No, I want to be on that boat. Well, what would you say to that person who's seeking out, like trying to find, ah, I just don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I want, I want to be on the boat. I want to make sure I'm the same person. What do I got to do? I would just simply say this, fall on your knees mm-hmm. and pray to God and ask him, just ask him to become what the Bible refers to as the Lord of your life. Just ask him to do that. And guess what? He will. Mm-hmm. And when he does, he will forgive your sins because that's the promise. And when your sins are forgiven, he's not just forgiving the ones you've sinned in the past. He's forgiving the ones you're sinning today. And the, because we can read in Romans 8.1, your sins in the future as well are going to be forgiven, and your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and that's great for when you die, but what about the kingdom? Jesus ran around Judea saying the kingdom of heaven is near. That was the gospel of Jesus. Mm -hmm. The kingdom of heaven is near. He's instructed us to go out and do things, but the kingdom of heaven is near, and it's near you now. And it's not just about eternity in heaven. It's about your shirt yesterday said it all. Right. What it, it was. Heaven, uh, heaven is not, or heaven is my home. Um, I'm just here recruiting. Right. <laughs> heaven is my home. Yes. That's my home address. Yep. I've been sent out here to recruit, and I want to take as many people or help as many people end up in a place yeah. called heaven, an eternity worth of heaven, by the way. And uh, but you know the the joy of the the life in the kingdom while we're still here on earth mm-hmm. and the recognition. Of our purpose and our mission, you know, and the strategy gives us to go going about how to do it. Yeah. And the family and the body that we start to be a part of and, and spend time life together with the joy of that um, unity of the believers is amazing. So it all really to answer your question simply, it just just get on your knees. Yeah. Literally in a, in, a, in, a, in an attitude of humility. And just look up if you have to. Close your eyes if you must. Ask him to come and fill you. And he will. And I promise this. Your life will never be the same. The moment that that happens with sincerity like Noah, God will look at you, count you as righteous. Amen. Amen. 
Preacher. 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 Pastor. All right. So, so before, go, you, before go ahead. you dive into the, the, that part, just look, if you're struggling yeah. with any of this, we talked about this last episode, but you're not alone. A lot of people struggle, but it's okay. We're all struggling with stuff. Just hang in there. Keep coming back. You know, if you'd like to connect, we'd love for you to just join our Insiders Club. Um, go to our website to check that out. Thank you for being a part of this, Scott. Thank you, Siobhan. Uh, and we want to thank you, our listening audience, for tuning in. We look forward to our next meeting together in Episode 8 as we discuss um, the flood, uh, how it receded, and God's promise in our ongoing study of the first era beginnings. Thank you, and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to The Bible Breakthrough with Pastor David Engman and Scott Brecky. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and will join us again for more of the Bible from B.C. to A.D. We are a volunteer-driven ministry and rely on you to help us get the word out to the world. Please like this podcast on Facebook, share it to your page, and continue to listen on Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. This has been a broadcast of the Breakthrough Media Network.